0: hey you're listening to the house of prayer leadership podcast my name is matthew Lilly. i'm the host of another podcast called presence pioneers but we have this house of prayer leadership podcast for you as a resource for leaders who are hosting prayer meetings in their city these are recordings provided by brad stroop from the prayer room in dallas fort worth texas and he's allowed us to take these training recordings and provide them to you as a free resource on this House of Prayer Leadership Podcast. Now, these are a number of years old, but they're going to provide some amazing practical training for anyone who's trying to organize people to pray, especially for multiple prayer meetings every week. And so we wanted to provide these to you as a resource, and I hope they're super helpful for you. We're so thankful to Brad Stroop and the prayer room in Dallas, Fort Worth for allowing us to repurpose these trainings. And if you'd like to connect to a podcast that's putting out new content on a regular basis, then we would love to have you also join us for the Presence Pioneers podcast, which is available on all platforms and is also available at PresencePioneers.org. And the heart of the Presence Pioneers podcast is to equip you to host the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer. And so we have Bible teachings as well as interviews with leaders in the worship and prayer movement to help inspire you and equip you to host the presence of God. Please enjoy this session of the House of Prayer Leadership Podcast with Brad Stroop.
1: Creating a Simple Prayer Model Session 3, Options for Your Model. All right, so what we did in the first session was we talked about uh, really uh, kind of part of the um, the peripherals of uh, how to create an enjoyable prayer environment. We said part of that's a model. And then in the last session, we talked about uh, the components of a prayer model. We talked about some different terms that you could use, talked about some different roles that you could implement. And what we want to do in this section uh, our session is we want to actually uh, touch on what are some options for your prayer model? What are some uh, ways that you can um, put this together uh, in some simple uh, forms? Um, I I think that uh, whatever prayer model you start off with, you can always improve it. You can always make it better. Uh, so I'm going to talk about some of the simple forms. And uh, this is not meant to be comprehensive. It's just meant to give some idea for those who, just like me back in the day, I wish I would have just had somebody sit down and go, "Hey, here are some different options of what you could do even in this current setting uh, and so that's really kind of the objective here so before we look at uh some of these options, I just want to make sure that we address the main priorities of you as the leader of the house of prayer, uh the main objectives that you have to keep in mind as the leader of the prayer ministry. There are a few main objectives that will really help uh steer and guide Whatever you decide as a prayer model, these will help you uh to know you know what direction that you want to uh um, uh to go and uh, and so um we were early on forced to start thinking about these things about our main objectives because we were doing prayer meetings every single day of our lives and uh the the sheer number of how many times we were gathering together in prayer increased the uh the priorities uh, or increase these objectives as as priorities. Because we had to start thinking, well, is what we're doing really what we're trying to accomplish, or is it just kind of neat? You know, is is what we're doing uh uh the best way that we could do it? We really started to have to look at that, and that's what it does when you go from zero hours a week to five hours a week. If you just launch a simple daily prayer meeting, uh, you know, Monday through Friday kind of a deal, or if you do seven days a week, you immediately have to start thinking in terms of your main objectives and how do you keep your main objectives in line with your model and what you're doing on a daily basis? Because you find yourself using a lot of your energy and you just want to make sure that that energy is actually being invested towards your, your principles, towards what your priorities are and not just being, uh, you know, aimlessly, uh, used. And so everything that we did in those early years. Uh, we began to process through the lens of specifically the most important objective was, is this sustainable every day for a decade? I mean, that was a, that was a main uh, question that we started to to have to ask is, is what we're doing in this prayer meeting today sustainable to do every single day for 10 years? Because we started to realize, hey, we're not, this isn't going away here in a minute. Like we're going to keep doing these prayer meetings. So we don't just need it to be wild and fiery today. We actually need to figure out a way uh, to, to make these uh, prayer meetings sustainable for the long haul. When we think long haul, I'm not even thinking months, I'm thinking years and years. And so you start to answer questions differently uh, and, and look at things differently and form things differently when that is the objective. The primary objective is how can we keep doing this for years and years and years? If that is the main objective, and as a house of prayer, it should be. Again, sustainability should be even more on your mind than theologically perfect. Sustainability should be more on your mind than, uh, than meeting everybody's needs. Sustainability is a main uh, objective uh, of a prayer meeting, um, uh, of, a, of an ongoing prayer ministry. And so, Uh, the, uh, the, the, one of the main objectives under that is, as we've talked about in every one of these sessions so far is the concept of enjoyability. Enjoyability is essential. If you're going to sustain prayer meetings, long-term people will stop coming to prayer meetings that they don't like that are boring, that are uh, a burden. If all your prayer meetings are intense intercession and everybody walks out feeling exhausted, you can't sustain that every day, long-term. You can do that once a week long term, but you can't do that 7 days a week long term, and you certainly can't do it multiple times a day 7 days a week long term. So the concept of enjoyability is uh is really an important uh deal. People will endure difficult prayer meetings as much as they have supervision about why they're enduring that hard thing. But when people start to run out of vision, and it happens to everybody, they will stop coming to the hard meetings. So you've got to figure out a way to have some rhythm uh, of all this. And so it's essential to, to make prayer an enjoyable reality because human nature will cause most everyone to eventually say no to long-term difficult things. And so you want to figure out a way to, to deal with that. Uh, second point to, uh, to this concept of long-term sustainability, you as the leader have to decide not to quit no matter what. You just have to decide I'm going to overcome at all costs, whatever it costs me. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to keep doing permities. I'm going to, I'm going to overcome obstacles. I'm going to create solutions. I'm going to pray my way out of a funk. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, constantly be, uh, trying to figure out, uh, how I can connect my heart to God so that I don't quit. No matter what your limitations might be, you want to be fighting for long-term sustainability instead of coming up with solutions that will really only fix things short term. Uh, there, uh, there's a place for a bit, for a band-aid, um, in, in a, having a problem, you know, whatever, um, and having, um, needs that the ministry has. But you've got to look at it as a band-aid and recognize that's only going to hold for a little while. You really want to be strategizing, thinking, planning, building your model around concepts that are sustainable in a rhythm. You know, just a, a little a point on this, because we're not going to touch on it a ton, uh, in this session is, the idea of having, um, uh, multiple, um, uh, ways that h- the heart engages so that not every single prayer meeting looks the same. But you've got some prayer meetings that are a little bit more intense and some pre- prayer meetings that are a little bit more light and some days that uh, you're a little bit more focused and some days that you're not quite as focused because you don't like, uh, if you're trying to get a, a, a strong, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, physique or whatever. You don't go and spend 24 hours a day in the weight room working out. You, your body would die. You, you're not made for that. Instead, you build a good workout routine in the gym. And then you've also got a good sleep schedule. You've also got a good eating schedule. You probably eat like cucumbers and bell peppers and stuff. You got a good overall balance. It's not just doing the workouts. That's not a good rhythm. There's all these elements. You got to have downtime, sleep time, hang time, fun time. Uh, You know, sometimes when you're doing this, sometimes when you're doing that. So if you're trying to come up with long-term sustainability, you also need to include concepts of not having it be all go, 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 go the whole time, or all slow, 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 slow the whole time. You need to figure out some rhythm. And the way to do that is to uh, think about the long-term sustainability and uh, and implement um, various aspects into your model. Now, I want to give the basic flow of a prayer meeting. And this can work whatever your setting is uh this this is just a a basic flow and uh and then uh uh you can figure out what time how much time you want to give to each one of these uh points but just as a as a basic kind of a, uh our flow here uh I've got um just seven components uh to uh to keep in mind and to uh to go and I, this is a pretty good order, but if you want to change the order up, you know that's fine um but I just have The basic elements of a prayer meeting um, and the roles of how these things kind of uh, come together. So this is the the most entry point of uh, what does a model look like? Uh, Here's here's kind of an idea. Start with corporate worship. Do it for a while. You can touch on the different times, depending on how long your prayer meeting is. Your worship might be a little longer, a little shorter, but uh, have some corporate worship. And specifically, because these are terms from our last session, corporate worship means songs people know. And that way you're not just up there singing all kinds of stuff that nobody can flow with next go into spontaneous singing that concept of uh you know having people sing out uh, a song that's in their heart uh instead of uh, actual verses to a a real song that's been written and recorded uh having them uh, just sing out of some of their heart language and it's a great way to uh just engage you know the room and have people uh really you know jump into uh, to a heart of uh, of worship um uh and uh, and just a, a little thing that we do because uh, we've got some teams and stuff, and uh, you know, because I, I wanted to do the best I can to share as much uh, little points as they kind of come to me. Um, one of the little signals that we do when we do spontaneous singing, and uh, we don't need to do it much as much now because our model uh, kind of uh, has some nonverbal cues that helps us. But when we first started, especially a uh, concept of a of, of a nonverbal cue that our worship leader would give to our singers, uh, was they would, uh, they kind of twiddle their fingers. They'd stick their hand up and, uh, and the, they'd just allow their fingers to kind of all, uh, you know, uh, twiddle back and forth or, 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 or go back and forth. And, uh, almost like you were playing uh, a keyboard, uh, with one hand, you were playing all, you know, four keys at the same time. And, uh, and they just do that. And that was a way to communicate to the singers hey, now let's go into spontaneous singing. And that was just a little goofy signal that we made up that uh, that uh, worked for us. And you may do something completely different, but it was something distinct. I mean, if somebody's got their hand up in the air, if the worship leader's got their hand up in the air and they're twiddling all their fingers, that's a pretty distinct thing. And uh, our singers instantly knew how to pick up on that and what that meant. Um, the next point, so corporate worship, spontaneous singing, then introduce the intercession theme and the first topic. And so now you're gonna, let's say you're, it's a, uh, it's praying for a uh, revival night. Okay. And, uh, and so spontaneous singing uh, is over. And, um, and now uh, you're introducing the concept of praying for revival. So your prayer leader, remember from the uh, definitions of the last uh, session, now your prayer leader uh, says, uh, says, okay, uh, you know, thank you guys for coming today. Now we're going to, uh, we're going to start praying for um, uh, uh, revival And we want to start this meeting off asking for the Holy Spirit to just come and visit our region in an unusual way. I mean, what a great prayer and a a theme. And what they just did was they just gave the room some specific direction and said, hey, we're not just going to pray for revival. At this point, let's all pray for a visitation of the Holy Spirit in our city, a visitation of the Holy Spirit in our churches, a visitation of the Holy Spirit. Let's just pray for for an unusual uh, move of God. And now you just cast vision for everybody in the room to now enter in and go, Yeah, let's do that. And then um after they're done praying, if you've got at least, you know, one singer, uh or uh along with the worship leader, and uh and this won't this part won't work if you don't have a couple of singers. But if you've got at least two singers, now the worship leader and the singer, so that's two singers, um, can now start doing the antiphonal singing thing where they can start singing back and forth about the prayer you just prayed. So the the prayer leader just prayed for you know a uh, revival and they just prayed a, an apostolic prayer and uh and asked for a uh, revival to come to the region regarding uh, a move of the holy spirit a, a visitation of god and now the singers are going yes god send us a visitation and then the next singer says uh, yes lord send your spirit and then and then the next one says send your spirit in power and then the next one says whatever and then they they kind of do that back and forth and maybe something lands and one of them develops it into a chorus. And, uh, and after they develop it into a chorus, now maybe the whole room is singing on that theme. Uh, and uh, the, the second, uh, you know, or the next piece of this that I would just suggest is um, to make the cycles work, to make the worship cycles, uh, you know, flow uh, in, in your prayer meeting, you want to have somebody who's watching the clock a little bit. Uh, you want to have them at least aware of what time it is, um, because you may have to adjust and uh, if you've only got uh, a certain uh, number, a certain amount of time, you know, you got an hour long and uh, your first cycle goes way over, well, then you're going to have to sh- cut short your second cycle or get rid of a cycle or or something. So uh, you just kind of want to at least have somebody knowing uh, how much time you've got and, uh, and where things are at. And and it's uh, it's good, especially as you uh, form these teams a little bit and you start doing this a little bit together. It's great to start briefing and debriefing before and after meetings and talking through uh, hey, how can we do a little bit different or what can we do to stay on the cycle a little bit? Or do we just want to make this prayer meeting a two-cycle prayer meeting? Because there's just this is so rich, we want to go for it longer. I mean, again, the model is not there to uh to hinder you. It's there to help you and it's there to keep you going and it's there to be an on-ramp. And so if you guys are finding that uh, that it would be more beneficial to go this way or to go that way, uh, that's fine. A lot of that's just communication. And sometimes it's difficult to have all that communication in the middle of a prayer meeting, which is good, why you want to have those conversations before and after meetings, which we call briefing and debriefing uh, of, uh, of, of a prayer uh, set. And so watch the clock a little bit. And then uh, when it's time for that cycle to be over, go into the next cycle. And the way that you start that next cycle is you go back into corporate worship. So, Whether you're doing a one-hour meeting, a two-hour meeting, an hour and 30-minute meeting, whatever you're doing, you can build your meeting around those simple little pieces. Corporate worship, spontaneous singing, intercession theme, an apostolic prayer, um, uh, antiphonal singing, and and then go back into uh, worship as you're kind of watching the clock and paying attention to timing. So that's just like the most—if you don't get anything else out of this session, those are your simple components uh, using the— the uh the the terms and the uh positions that we talked about in the in the past session those are that's the most simple way uh to get those uh things flowing together in some sort of a model and then again, how you choose to uh, form that model can look a couple of different ways and what I want to do now is talk about uh three or four of those different versions and uh again, this isn't to say these are the only four ways these are just a, a few different ideas that may hit uh, different ones of you at different stages in your building process. Uh, um, uh, it, it, you, one of these models may make a whole lot more sense for you. And the next model may be like, oh, ah, well that might make sense in a year when we've got a few more of these or a few more of that. Uh, so this is these are just kind of start to finish a few different models. First one I've got on here, I'm sure there are way cooler names for these models. I just labeled them according to what they have going on or don't have going on. A model with no worship leader. I know the pain of that uh, uh, down to my core of what it's like to try to have a model uh, and to try to do prayer meetings with no worship leader. And the truth of the matter is probably the majority of the prayer meetings across the earth will probably not have a worship leader, at least when they get started, because you grow, you build into things. And and too many people, I think, are waiting for them to have all the uh, building materials um, before uh, they get started and you don't need all that. What you need to do is you need to get started immediately with very little, with bare bones, with nothing, get started and then build up. So this right here is the most reproducible, uh, model probably uh, anywhere, uh, because you don't have to have anybody but people and a CD player. Uh, so here's, here's what it is. Most reproducible model doesn't require much. All this requires is a prayer leader a couple of people in the room to serve as intercessors, and the ability to amplify some sound. So let's look at it. Uh, the first uh, component of a model with no worship leader is, I would say, one hour prayer meeting. I think it's uh, it's a bit ambitious to plan for longer than one hour when you're just getting started. Grow up into a longer prayer meeting if you want to, two, three hours if that's that's what you want to get to. There's nothing wrong with staying at one hour forever. But I would suggest not starting at uh, longer than that. And honestly, I would suggest not starting at less than that. Um, An hour is a real round uh, number. It's a real easy thing to plan on. People kind of build their whole lives around uh, hour this, an hour long that, hour long lunch appointment, you know, uh, all that stuff. Getting ready takes you an hour plus commute. You know, That people are used to the idea of hours. And so I say run with it. Uh, That's what we did in our early days. and, And I'm so glad that we did. Uh, because it was a really set and easy start time and stop time. And that's another thing that's very, very helpful, is instead of just saying, we meet and pray for an hour, say, we meet and pray from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. We meet every day from this time to this time. And there's a starting time and a stopping time. And that way, everybody who's involved is able to... uh Know that you start and stop at that time. There's no ambiguity to it. You always do it. It's over at this time. Uh, and I would say start your prayer meetings on time, even if it's just you in the room. I had that happen a number of times. It was just me. I just start praying, uh, just me in the room. And so as you're getting started, uh, until there's a measure of strength, I wouldn't even advise doing a longer prayer meeting. Just do an hour. And uh, I would rather, and we did it. We did it almost every single prayer meeting. I mean, with the exception of like one. We always stop the prayer meeting uh, at the hour mark. So we did a, a you know a night meeting and a morning meeting. When the hour hit, we were done. We just say, okay, Lord, we love you. Uh, you're awesome. Help us get through our day. Amen. And the prayer meeting's over. We wouldn't even go over the, the prayer meeting, even if there was a little bit on it. I mean, there would have to be really a move of God for us to keep going. The reason is you're going to be back again tomorrow doing it again. There's no reason to exhaust all the spiritual... Uh, joy and energy and and uh, involvement of that prayer meeting in that one set. You do that when it's one prayer meeting a week. You know, when you're meeting one time a week, go as long as you want. That's great. Let everybody get it out of their system and, and engage and that kind of thing. You actually don't want everybody to get it out of their system when you're doing prayer meetings every single day in a sustained way. You actually want them to leave going, I wish that would have gone a little longer. Because then they're leaving liking it instead of leaving going, ah, we're done. You want them to come back tomorrow. Uh, with a bit of an anticipation. Man, I I can't wait to get back in there and do that some more. Uh, so that's a point one of a, a prayer model uh with no worship leader. Second point, use a CD for worship. Uh you don't have to let not having a worship uh worship leaders um be the uh the end of your prayer ministry just let that be the very starting point and and build up. What we started to do uh, back in uh, in those living room days is I had a CD player in my my living room had a couple of speakers connected to it and we started just using uh, worship CDs for uh, the for the for the worship and what we do is uh, during the times in our model again we developed a model and we said let's worship for you know I think it was 15 minutes on the front end of the meeting let's worship for 15 minutes and uh, let's turn the music up so now that CD is playing loud and everybody in the room is worshiping And then when it got to the 15-minute mark, or about that time, we'd turn the music down. And we didn't turn it off. We still kind of had a background noise in the room. And now the intercessor, or the, the prayer leader, is going, Okay, now we're going to enter into a time of prayer. We're going to pray for this subject. And in the background, you can still hear the music playing a little bit. It filled the room a little bit. didn't make it like crickets. It was just so helpful. Well, when we really got smart, what we did was we started to develop our own CDs. We'd burn our own CDs. And the way that we would do that is we would burn the CDs... Um, in accordance to the length of the cycles and the, and the worship music, uh, the worship songs, uh, we'd pick specifically according to the lengths of the, of the worship cycles that we wanted. And then what we would do is when we got, uh, even better, we didn't have this a ton. I wish we'd have done it more was have instrumental music playing instead of a worship song with lyrics playing for the times of the prayer meeting that we wanted to be interceding. Uh, cause it's a little bit easier. If there's instrumental music playing in the background, as opposed to worship, lead, uh, worship music with uh, with somebody singing different lyrics and stuff while you're trying to intercede, because unless those topics are the exact same thing, uh, it's a little bit extra injection. It's a, it could be a little bit of a distraction. So I would suggest sit down. If you've got five prayer meetings a week, start off with five CDs, one for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and each CD include in that CD, it's, call it an hour-long CD, an hour-long prayer meeting. You're going to push play at the beginning of the hour, and it's done at the end of the hour. And, uh, and, and during that CD, you've got times where there's worship songs going, and they're in accord with your cycles that you're going to build for your prayer model. So you want, to pr- you want to worship for 15 minutes at the beginning of the prayer meeting? Great. Worship music goes for 15 minutes, and then it stops and goes into instrumental. It starts to tone down and goes into instrumental. And now during that instrumental time, now your prayer leader starts up and says, Okay, guys, now we're gonna pray for this. And then after that time is uh, is uh is over and you're going back into worship. Well, lo and behold, right there on the worship CD, uh the uh the song starts kicking in. It's a worship song, and now you're going right back into worship. So I would encourage you guys creating five different CDs, uh, one for each uh one of those uh sets, and then even picking the songs according to the theme of the meeting. Uh you know, I know uh, worship leaders love to do that. And it adds another dynamic uh, to uh, your meetings to have uh, worship songs that are along the same theme of what it is that you're praying for. And so that's a huge and helpful uh, way to do that. It takes a little bit of time, but it's not impossible. And you'll be glad that you did it because it'll add so much to the meetings when you don't have a worship leader. And then uh, lastly in that is I would suggest three cycles as a as just a, a standard deal. So this introductory, the most reproducible model on the planet is one hour long with three cycles, no worship leader, and use a CD, and program the CD that it has uh, worship songs and then uh, uh, times of instrumental music so that it, the flow goes up and down, just like you, the meeting with the flow would go uh, into worship and, and, uh, and into uh, intercession. And these three cycles, make them short. Again, they don't have to be long. You're gonna pray it again tomorrow or next week. I mean, you can keep going. This is another one of those sustainable things. If you're just doing one prayer meeting for the topic and you're like, we're going to go for it. We're going to pray till our lungs are, you know, uh, in our throats. I mean, we're just going to go for it. The, well, then, then the concept of stopping the meeting early or doing it short or only doing it a little bit is very valid. But when you're talking about praying for the same topic every Tuesday night for months and months and months, less is more. Do less. Just pray a little bit. Have short cycles. Have those cycles just be 15 or 20 minutes long each. And and the time of intercession may wind up only being like seven minutes long. I mean, that's how it was for us. We would have like seven or eight minutes of praying for something, and then we'd go back into worship. And what it did was it kept it fresh, and it made those meetings fly by. I have never been in prayer meetings before in my life that went as fast as when we were doing one hour long prayer sets with a model and a CD even in the living room. They went so fast because by the time you started to enter into this, you get a couple of prayers in and now it's time to transition back into worship. And then you worship for a minute and anybody can sing a worship song. By the time that worship song's over, now it's time to go back into intercession. It was the sweetest, easiest thing. And it is so reproducible. I I I, uh, would love for there to be, you know, some tens of thousands of houses of prayer across the earth that they were never even going to get to do anything else. All they were ever going to do is this simple model because it's reproducible. It's good. It works. And, uh, and it actually has a little bit of life on it. Um, and it's sustainable. I I know it's sustainable because we did it for years in my living room, 14 times a week. And the reason I keep bringing that up is because we, we lived this stuff. This isn't just ideas. These aren't just, uh, you know, uh, thoughts. Well, I heard this or read it in a book. We did it. I mean, I was the prayer leader and, and I'd go over to the the, uh, the, uh, stereo system. And I'd turn the volume up during the worship songs. And then I'd turn it down during the intercession and then I'd introduce the topic and we would pray for the thing. And then, and we did it day after day, after week, after month, after year. And so it's sustainable. Like we did it. We could have kept doing that long-term. I'm glad that we were able to do some things differently and that we got a few more resources, but we could have kept doing that because we were doing it 14 times a week for years. So I just want to encourage you, don't despise this model. If this is all you can do, do it with a joyful heart, ask God to anoint it, and he will. Well, let's talk about the next upgrade. One worship leader. The model changes a good bit when you get one worship leader. So the other one was no worship leader, you just got a CD. Now you've got one worship leader uh, as the... uh, uh, as an injection and your model changes this will greatly expand the options that you have it'll make the prayer meetings more enjoyable it'll change the environment you'll probably have visitors come back more um there are a lot of different things and so here's some ideas on how to tweak the model so I'm imagining that you're doing the first model and now you've got a worship leader uh once or twice a week and so you're going to tweak the model a little bit and uh, and you're going to do uh do this uh you know a little bit differently um first thing i would say is obviously replace the cd now you're not doing the cd anymore now you're doing you know having the live uh, worship leader and i would say have them start off the prayer meeting with you know 15 20 minutes uh of uh, of live worship uh, at the beginning uh probably more like 15 minutes and uh and they're going to begin the the meeting with a couple of worship songs two three worship songs and uh and get rid of the cd um and then depending on how long your prayer meetings are because when you have a worship leader, is the only time I would even uh, suggest the possibility of going longer than an hour. Uh, I I would strongly suggest against doing more than one hour prayer meetings if you don't have a worship leader. And just because you have a worship leader doesn't necessarily mean that you should uh, go to a longer prayer meeting. I just would definitely advise against it if you don't have a worship leader. Um, but uh, now depending on uh you know how how you've got this. You mat- now may do two or three cycles. So now let's say you've got a pretty good worship leader. Man, If you got a good worship leader, maybe you want to let them go for 20, 30 minutes. And now you're just going to intercede for 30 minutes. So you're going to do like half worship, half intercession if you're doing that hour-long thing. Again, if you do it longer, uh, with your cycles would look a little different. But do two or three cycles now with a worship leader. They're going for it. People are engaging. Uh if it's joyful, again, worship is prayer. Prayer is worship. It's two sides of agreement. Let them keep doing it. Let them, you know, uh, go. Kind of build that into your model. Maybe you're just doing two cycles now, uh, and uh, and you've got, you know, worship at the beginning and worship in the middle, and 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 then after both of those things, uh, you've got, uh, you know, a, a little bit longer intercession or something uh, where you can allow people to to pray a little bit more into it. So you can go a little bit loose on that. You may go two cycles, maybe do three. If you're doing CD, I suggest three cycles to keep it moving. It's very helpful. If you're doing a CD, you want to keep that thing moving. But if you've got a worship leader, maybe you do two cycles, maybe you do three. If you're only doing an hour long prayer meeting, you kind of work that out. But if you do decide to introduce a two hour prayer meeting, and again, I would never advise that unless you've got uh, at least a worship leader. And just because you have one doesn't mean it's a good idea. But maybe once you've got a few worship leaders laying around and you've been doing the one hour version for a while, and you want more. That's really where you want to be. Before you expand, you really want to be at a place where the people are like, I want more. Uh, it would before, before you add anything to the ministry, you want to be at a place where there's a bit of anticipation, there's excitement, there's a desire for more. You don't want to be at a place where everybody's like, oh gosh, no more. Oh, please don't make it two hours. That would be a bad time to add to two hours. Uh, we waited a long time. We waited about three years uh, before we went to two-hour prayer meetings. Of course, we, went, we waited three years before we waited on a lot of things because we just didn't know what we were doing, and we were just getting started. We waited about three years, and we knew it was time. We felt it. And when we added it, it was good. People liked it. It didn't. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, we just doubled the prayer meeting. This is so long. It was sweet. It was a good time. So I would just invite you as the leader to really process and carry that in your heart about when the timing is to go to a longer prayer meeting. Uh, but with a worship leader, you could pull it off. Next thing that I would suggest that you do when you start getting worship leaders, is this is one of the ways that you can help add to the long long-term sustainability. When you start getting worship leaders, start planning in a couple of sets a week. So I'm imagining you doing five prayer meetings a week, Monday through Friday, uh, um, that are um, uh, you know whatever model that you've been doing. Now, maybe add just two prayer meetings, just maybe Tuesday, Thursday, that the second hour is longer. The, the, uh, the, the Tuesday, Thursday prayer meetings are longer. You do the normal one hour prayer meeting, and then you have an hour of Devo worship where you have somebody uh, leading a, a worship set uh, you know, for another hour. Uh, and, um, and if you've got the ability to do that five days a week, that's even better. I mean, if you've got the ability to add now you're going to turn all your prayer meetings into one hour. Uh, The first hour is an intercession prayer meeting. And the second hour is devotional worship or vice versa uh, with different worship leaders. So now a different worship leader is taking that and owning that set. So they don't have to prepare for the intercession set and the Devo. They just get ready to do the Devo set. They come in ready to do that. Now what you just did is you just added a whole new dynamic to your prayer ministry. Now you've got sit time. Now you've got engage with the Lord, read the Bible. You just... You did so much when you went from just having intercession prayer meetings to now having prayer meetings and devotional worship meetings. Maybe you doubled your hours, or maybe you just added a couple of hours, or maybe you replaced one of your prayer meetings with this. This is a different mode, and it's an important mode to be able to sustain your community long-term in the place of prayer. Because again... You're not trying to do this for a week or a month. You're trying to do this for years. And if everybody is always in go, go, go mode, it's difficult. But if you can create different modes, you've got intercession, go, go, go. You've got devotional worship, slow down, engage with the Lord. Then you really start to build some dynamics. And so when you start having worship leaders come around, I want to suggest to you that you have them doing Devo sets. And when you go, what is a Devo set? They're crying out to God more or less by themselves because you probably don't have many others that can join them. If you got a worship uh, another singer or musician and they they and the worship leader flow well together and they like each other, great. But if you don't, and most of the time you won't, have that worship leader come prepared to lead worship for an hour, and it's not it's not perform radical, you know, engage uh worship necessarily. It's sing songs to the Lord about his goodness. That would be a great time for worship leaders to even bring in some of their own songs from time to time. Maybe they maybe they inject in a 1-hour uh devotional prayer uh w- worship set, maybe they bring in one or two of their own songs during that hour. It'd be a time for you to start experimenting in singing the word of God. You know, have the worship leader like a, a passage in Psalms or something, and just start singing it out a little bit during that hour. It's a lot more laid back. It's a lot less labor intensive. It's a lot less engaged. It's not It's not corporate worship from the standpoint of, all right, everybody, let's go, let's go. It's, it's very devotional in setting. Uh, it uh, builds language. It builds depth. It, it's a different mode. It allows people to dial down a little bit, uh, engage at a different level. It's not hands in the air, you know, rock concert worship. It's, oh Jesus, I love you so much, you're so good. It's sitting on the back row with the Bible and just reading. And then as the worship leader who's doing the Devo set, uh, you know, sings something out of the Psalms or something, they just stop reading what they're reading and just engage a little bit for a minute and, and just kind of touch it. And this is a great time too, where if you've got any of those toys we were talking about from the last session, the loop pedal and and the, uh, the uh, drum machine and all that stuff, It's a great time to be able to start implementing those and filling the sound a little bit. So I just want to encourage you, when you start getting uh, uh, worship leaders come around a little bit, mix up your prayer sets. Don't just do intercession. Do some intercession sets and do some of these devotional worship sets and just create an environment that people can be in. And the great thing about a devotional worship set is your worship leaders, they don't need to do a lot to prepare for it. They're going to love doing it for an hour. I mean, an hour once a week. If worship leaders were able to do one hour once a week of devotional worship, that'd be a great way to just get them kind of, you know, ministering to the Lord and, and uh, filling the room and creating an atmosphere all the more of people that can come in and be a part of it. And now you're not just a rah, rah, uh, rowdy intercession group. Now you've actually got uh, a measure of devotional uh, worship as part of what you're doing. So I strongly suggest that. So, So the first model was just a CD, do an hour, do three cycles. The second model is now you've got a worship leader. Get rid of the CD, do live worship, do two or three cycles. You might decide to start doing two-hour prayer meetings, but at this point, start implementing devotional prayer meetings. It's a second format type. You've got your intercession sets now, and you've got your devo sets now. And let those both help be part of the rhythm and the flow uh, of life. The next model, model with a team. So now you've actually got a team. And so you don't just have uh, just the worship leader. Now you've got a a singer or two. You may have a musician or two. Uh, you may have a drummer. Um, man, it's starting to get fun now. Now you can really start to do some things that are at a whole new level of team flow and dynamics, and filling the the room with the sound of the Lord and and uh, all these different things. And that happens as a result of having a team uh, with you. And so uh, your capacity to field. Uh, full teams and worship leaders, where where prayer and worship flow together, uh, is uh, very much contingent on how many prayer li- or singers and musicians you have around you. And so, uh, this is a pretty specific environment. Uh, many houses of prayer may not be at this point at their start, and may may not even grow into it anytime real soon. They might be able to do this once or twice a week, but to be able to do this on a consistent basis uh, means you got a lot of singers and musicians around. And, uh, and you want to work towards that, but you don't want to be limited, like this is the only version or the only model that's legitimate, uh, because those other two models work great and are in a very enjoyable, uh, environment. So when you start to, uh, have, uh, a, um, a team form, you, you want to now, uh, put more attention into your model. It's now more important. Your model now having more flow to it and having some intricate details. It's now more important because more people means more opportunity to take this thing to the next level, but it also means more opportunity to step on each other's toes because if you don't have some sort of a model, if people don't really know what to expect, then you've got the bass guitarist doing something weird at the wrong time. You got the singers doing something at a time. That's not really when the worship leader wanted them to sing. And you got all the prayer leader may come in at a different time. You just need to have more of a model. It's more important. The more people you've got up there on a team, the more important it is that there's a model. It's the reason uh, that uh, in football, uh, everybody's got a position. And then there's also a play called, you know, um, you know, for the offensive team, uh, there's a play called to know how are we going to res- uh, how are we going to act as a team right now. Then there's a play that's being enacted, and as a result, everybody's got their different part and their different role, and the thing is executed and it works. Uh, instead of uh, a bunch of people walking up to the line of scrimmage and saying, "Okay, me play football," and they just all just go for it. I mean, they've actually got a plan, they got a strategy. And it's the same thing when you get a team; you need more communication, uh, you need more of a model. You need more signals, more intricate little uh, ins and outs. And that's what makes it fun. Because when it flows as a team, when it executes as a team, it's high fives all around. You feel the spirit. It's just moving. It's awesome. And so uh, one of the things that, uh, I, uh, that we do around here is, as I mentioned, I think uh, previously, is uh, we implement something or use something called Harp and Bowl Model. And uh, we've got other trainings on this. But the gist of it is, how do you get a team full of people to flow together in and out of prayer and worship, uh, without stepping on each other's toes, allow a uh, room for the Holy Spirit to move. Uh, r- allow the flow of the Holy Spirit, but still have some direction to the meeting. And so we use this thing called the Harbin Bull model. And really, we've already covered the basics, the most core basics of the Harbin Bull model. We've already covered. We covered what the roles are, you know, prayer leader, worship leader, singer, musician, chorus leader. Uh, we covered what the different terms are antiphonal singing, spontaneous singing, corporate worship, intercession, uh, praying the apostolic prayers. We've already covered all those different things, but it's now putting those things together and getting everybody on the same page to be able to operate together as a team. Uh, and when you've got a team, now you have more than just a worship leader. You got some singers, you got some musicians. Go for it. Put together a bigger, more intricate, more training required uh kind of a thing because it will be more fun. It'll be people will enjoy the meetings more. The team will flow more. You get more people together in the spirit, uh praying and worshiping together. It's just a sweet deal. But I will tell you that when you get to this point, you will re it will require of you that you do more training. Because now you're not just simply getting together in a room with only one or two people that know what they're doing. Now you're getting into it together in a room and everybody on that stage or that that team has a role that relates to everybody else's role, and you have to start uh, doing more training. So a couple of trainings be simple things like, um, you know, the briefing and the debriefing is now essential. When you got a team like this, they got to talk before and after the meetings. Uh, second thing is offering model training. So call it whatever you want. We call it a harp and bull workshop. Uh, but, uh, but you now need to start offering training so people can see how this works. Uh, uh, you need more documentation. You need things written up so that you can communicate to everybody that's on the teams. You know, this is how it works. When you get to a full team like this, an hour is a joke. Don't do an hour anymore. Do two hours. When you've got a team of people, upgrade to two hours. Uh, just so that uh, you can flow, because now you, everybody's got a role, and really everybody doesn't even have the 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 opportunity to do much if you only do an hour long. You really want it to be two hours, so everybody can flow and have their part, and fl- and work uh, together in and out, and uh, do and, and and flow into intercession and flow into worship and flow all this stuff. And so, uh, so I strongly suggest if you have a team, do two hour prayer meetings, and then. Uh, a third thing at this point that you just, you would do yourself a favor to add this concept in. And that is another format type. So already we have the format type of intercession, praying for something specific, praying for revival, praying for Israel. We have the concept of devotional worship, where it's a worship leader. And again, they could have a singer or a musician with them up there, but it's it's based off the worship leader. Leading uh, just worship of in a devotional sort, you know, for for an hour or two. Now I want to introduce the concept of worship with the word. And uh, we don't have time to cover it. I just want to introduce the idea. And if it's something that you like, go look into resources that will teach you how to do this better. But here's the concept. At this point, once you've got teams that you can field up on that set, uh, on that stage, start doing uh, the same harp and bull model that you're doing with intercession. But instead of it being intercession focused, instead of it being, God, do this thing for us. God, bring revival, or God, you know, save the lost, or God, break in with power. Instead of it being, God, do this stuff. Instead, now, in the same harp and ball model, which includes the chorus leaders, includes the, you know, singers, musicians, the worship leaders, and the prayer leader, includes all those things. Now, instead of it being intercession-based, now, let it be worship prayer-based. And so what this looks like is, the prayer leader picks a passage of scripture, maybe something out of Song of Solomon, maybe something out of the Psalms, maybe uh, you know the beginning of the Book of John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. Pick some passage of scripture that's more worshipful, uh, that's not not so much doctrine. Those are a little difficult to do worship with the Word on. But pick a passage of scripture that's worshipful, talks about the 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 uh, the beauty of God or about. The, uh, maybe one of the, uh, theophanies in the scripture where, uh, Jesus was shown in the Old Testament or, or where the Father was seen. Pick a worshipful passage and instead of asking God to do stuff, tell God how awesome He is and pray through the passage of scripture. So now the singers are singing about the awesomeness of God. The prayer leader is, is, uh, you know, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, John, John 1 1. So he, the prayer leader goes, in the beginning. And, 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 you know, just as they say that now the singers are going, God, you were with us in the beginning, uh, God, you've always been from the very beginning. You were the uncreated. You still are. You always were. They're singing that. And then the, then the prayer leader, instead of interceding, God, do this, do this. Instead of interceding, they say, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then, and then they say, they say, uh, the prayer leader would say something like, God, you were the infinite powerful being. In the beginning, you were with us, and they're just—they're praying the text back to God in a devotional way instead of in an asking way. In a in a devotional way, these sets are fun. They're awesome. They are just so much uh, a joy that happens. You're praying the word. People learn the scriptures this way. The singers will start to sing the word. To have the singers open up the, to the same passage that the that the prayer leader is praying out of. You add a whole new dynamic. Um by adding in uh this type of uh of prayer set uh as a third f- uh format so again the first format was intercession the second was devotional worship the third is worship with the word and all three of these are using some version of the harp and bull model of of going in and out and uh and uh singing the word and singing worship songs and and uh and so I uh, just encourage you guys uh to uh to implement that because it's another fun way and now what you may find is by the time your ministry gets to this point, you may decide you really do need two prayer meetings a day. You're like, man, let's do one intercession meeting a day and then another worship meeting a day where it's either worship with the word or it's a devotional worship. And you've got, man, by the time you've got to this point, you've got 10 hours a week. You're doing, uh, uh, you know, two hour prayer meetings, uh, five days a week. And then you're like, man, we got to add a second set. Now you're doing 20 hours a week. You're doing a prayer meeting uh that's intercession for two hours with the Harpin Bowl model. And then after that, you're doing another prayer meeting that's two hours with a worship model. And now you're doing four hours a night maybe. So you're doing, you know, uh, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. or or uh, or 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., you know, five nights a week, and people are coming around and they're rallying in the evenings to be a part of what you're doing, and you're really starting to create the culture of daily prayer meetings, a culture of prayer, uh, people coming around to to drink from that fountain and uh, and really be able to participate in what you're doing. And so by no means are these exhaustive. Uh, I know there'd be a lot of questions about how each one of these uh, models work, and I'm willing to help out with a little bit of that if there are questions on that. But my point in this was to just give three models— that are very simple, that can be implemented at different stages in the building process of the house of prayer uh, and in, in, uh, in how much human resource and even financial resource that you have, that are just simple ways to get things started and to get prayer really going in a long-term sustainable way. So now we'll uh, do any questions that you guys might have. Yeah. First section. You
0: mentioned, you know, no. the rock.
1: Uh, so
0: can you elaborate a like what an an unenjoyable rock pile prayer meeting looks and feels like and then contrast that with an engaged enjoyable prayer meeting just a few few of the things
1: that's a great question yeah great i'm I'm glad you asked that um was uh the question was asked about really uh can i give um uh, some some differences and some specifics between uh the hard rock pile prayer meeting environment uh that's tough and uh the same length of time prayer meeting, call it an hour rock pile versus an hour enjoyable, the same length of time prayer meeting where it's more enjoyable. And uh, what's the difference between it being so much of a burden and so enjoyable? What's the difference there? Uh, yeah, great. So I'll I'll uh, just kind of share from some of our experience. Um, when we first started having prayer meetings, we didn't have a model and we didn't have a focus. And because people weren't focused, people didn't know what to do. And because they didn't know what to do, they did nothing and so because they did nothing uh and even when they were going to do something, they weren't confident that the something was the right thing so model actually winds up giving people permission and boldness and confidence to do something and to engage and without a model uh people uh they don't know what to do, and so the default is to not do much at all. So what those early prayer meetings looked like many times was me having to pray a lot of the time, one or two other people having to pray a lot of time, and the majority of the people in the prayer meeting not really even contributing uh, to the prayer meeting. And because there wasn't much direction, you're constantly having to search for what do we pray for next? What do we do next? And there was so much burden on those prayer meetings that, uh, that really could have been fixed with just some preparation and a little bit of model. But because we didn't have those things, we'd sit around for an hour and that hour would drag on. There'd be times where I'd look up at the clock and we'd only been praying for 10 minutes and I felt like we should absolutely be at 45 or 50. I look up and I go, oh my gosh, we have another 50 minutes left to pray. This is murder. And we would do it. We'd just press through. The whole concept of rock pile just means you go, I'm just going to throw another rock on that pile. I'm just going to do it. We're just going to press through. We're going to somehow or the other, we're going to keep doing this. We're not quitting, but man, we all feel like quitting. And they were really kind of hard and kind of miserable. Um, and it really had so much, it had so much to do with our lack of organization and so much less to do with the anointing of the Spirit. Because every now and then the Lord show up. I mean, we'd be in one of those meetings and the Holy Spirit show up and it was good, but they were the rarity. I mean, we were meeting seven days a week, 14 times uh, a week, to, every morning, every night. And I mean, it was like one a week might be the Holy Spirit moved on it. But that means 13 prayer meetings where it's just like pressing through and they're tough. It's tough to get people to keep doing that. So we learned some lessons that uh, we needed to shift how we were doing things because that was just tough. What it really was is it was too much expectation with too little training and too little tools, too few tools. And so the expectation was, hey, let's get together and have something awesome happen. But the measure of preparation to make it awesome was so little that it was an unrealistic expectation. When we started to put a model into place, a simple model that broke down the hour-long meeting into segments, well, this is the segment where we worship, and when we're done with that, this is the segment where we pray, and then we worship, and then we pray, that instantly started to make the prayer meetings so much more endurable and even enjoyable, because now we're worshiping. Now it's not just we come together and we got to pray out loud for an hour. Now we're worshiping some, well, man, I can worship. I mean, that, that's already enjoyable. And then when we started to do the concept of implementing a prayer topic or prayer themes and prayer topics, um, you can stay engaged on a single subject for a few minutes pretty easy. The hard time, the hard part is not having a subject and it being all over the map or having uh, uh one subject that you're supposed to engage uh, without more information on for an hour. That's tough. But when you start putting in worship, that makes it more enjoyable. When you start putting in uh the rhythm of worship, prayer, worship, prayer, worship, prayer, that makes it more enjoyable. And when you start to identify different subtopics under a theme, that makes it more enjoyable. Because now you just know, oh, I only have to be engaged on this p- specific topic for like 15 minutes. I can do that or 10 minutes or five minutes versus, oh, I've got the labor of we're going to pray for this thing for... An hour. We don't even know what to pray for. We'll just pray for whatever comes to mind. It was just it was a burden and a labor. And so uh, the the major uh, difference for for us of enjoyable and sustainable versus just tough prayer meetings was simple stuff that we were doing to ourselves. Uh, It was not having any uh, direction for the meeting, not having any worship, and not having uh, assigned uh, topics. And when we put those things into place, it instantly changed the environment and made it a lot more enjoyable and sustainable. Yeah, next question. Um, I've never done anything voluntarily for a decade. And you were saying about how you can just never quit and come across. Like, any tips for just continuing and just toughen it out when you don't necessarily see the decade long path? So the question uh, that's being asked is uh, hey, big talk about uh, don't quit for a decade, start thinking about. Um, you know, prayer meetings for a decade. Uh don't, you know, don't even look up, don't, don't quit. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. How do you uh kind of train your mind, your mind and your heart? How do you get into the mindset uh that could actually see that become a reality? Because it's one thing to say it, but how do you actually uh, live that out? How do you do that? What are some ideas uh on how to uh to make that a reality? Um yeah, great, great question. Um I would say that uh Um, that's going to vary a little bit, but I can give some uh, basic, uh, points for you as the core leader. You got to decide what did God call you to? Did he call you to start a little prayer ministry at your church or did he start, did he call you to labor in the place of prayer and build a house of prayer for his name where he's going to be exalted, uh, and he's going to be worshiped. And that's going to go on in a, if not a continual way, that it's going to go on in a lots and lots of hours each day, uh, for us, for in a sustained, uh, manner, sort of way. If you're called to build the house of prayer, then you are called to the decade. If you're called to start a little prayer ministry, that's something different. If you're called to the house of prayer to build the house of prayer, if you are the, the point person that God is saying, I want you to build a house of prayer for me. If you feel that calling, then what you act, what you're actually being hijacked into, whether you know it or not, is years and years and years and years and years of prayer meetings because the house of prayer is about the sustainable reality of seeing Jesus exalted and, uh, and his objectives interceded for in a, a long-term way. So what you first got to do is recognize, look at your calling on this. If the Lord is calling you to build the house of prayer, he's actually calling you to that long-term sustainability anyway. So part of it is you look at your calling. You go, well, if I was called to be a career missionary, I would look at that as years and years and years. Well, if I'm called to, you know, be a pastor of a local church, I would look at that in years and years and years. I mean, you know, what career missionary goes, yeah, I'm going to go into the mission field for two weeks or for even a year. If they're thinking career missionary, if they're thinking I'm a pastor, who's thinking I'm going to go pastor this church for six weeks, you know, or six months. They're thinking I'm going to go pastor that church. And that's my job. That's my, that's where my ministry is. I'm going to pour into that same concept. If the Lord is calling you to build the house of prayer, you're called into that because it's going to take that. Um, We've been doing this every day for eight and a half years plus. And we've got a pretty good thing going here at the Prairie mission space. I think we've got a lot of, of things, strengths. I know our weaknesses. It has taken us eight and a half years to get to this point, And we're one of the stronger missions bases anywhere. We're not the strongest. I know many others that are uh, stronger, but we're one of the strongest on the planet. And it took eight and a half years of laboring and laboring and laboring My point with that is to kind of help uh, shake off some of the romanticism that many people think that just are going to start a house of prayer and it's going to be awesome and strong in six months. That's just not real. Uh, It's going to take time. It's going to take labor. And so uh, part of the way that you do that is you think about your calling and go, Lord, what have you called me to? You've called me to build the house of prayer. Then I'm going to build the house of prayer. And I recognize that's going to take a long time to do it. Next point that you do, is in those prayer meetings where you're just not feeling it, you talk to God about not feeling it. You go, God, I need your help. I feel so weak and broken. I need you to help me. I need you to sustain me. Another point, we'll talk on this in a, in a different uh, House Prayer Leadership track, is uh, constantly recasting vision to yourself. Uh, if you as the leader aren't envisioned, you can't envision others, and it's your responsibility to envision others. You can't lead unless you are envisioned and you can't envision others unless you yourself are envisioned and you can't be envisioned if you aren't re-envisioning yourself because nobody else is going to do it. So you got to take responsibility for yourself to feed yourself on vision of why you're doing it, the value of it, the worth of Christ, what he's doing in the earth. The, uh, the urgency of the hour, the importance of revival, you've got to feed yourself on these themes in order to remind yourself so that you can talk about it because you as the leader have to be the one that casts the vision, the loudest to everybody around you. And you can't be a voice if you don't have that message in you and you won't have that message in you by default, you have to feed yourself on it. So as the key leader, you have a responsibility to yourself, to the people, and to God that you are feeding yourself on vision, and if you don't, if you don't have vision, that's nobody's fault but your fault. And I know all this because I am the key leader, and I feed myself on vision. And when I'm not feeding myself on vision, it is difficult to keep pressing in in the concept. I'm going to be here, you know, until. So, great question. Next question. Yes. Um,
0: talking about uh, not having a worship leader and using a CV, is it possible to do spontaneous singing, antiphonal
1: singing, choruses for the CD? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, the question is, um, when you don't have uh, worship leaders and you're just having to use a CD, can you still do spontaneous singing? And can you still do antiphonal singing? Can you still do choruses? Uh, I would say absolutely. Um, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to, but it's totally doable. And so what you do is, in that CD, in the, in the, uh, um, the times when you're not in, uh, in worship, Um, but you're, you know, in the times of intercession, um, or even as you're coming out of, uh, worship. So let's, let's say, uh, let's say you've got 10 minutes of worship at the beginning of the CD. When you get to about minute eight and the song is still going, have the prayer leader say, okay, everybody lift your voices. And now everybody in the room for the next two minutes, which is the last two minutes of worship on the CD, have everybody in the room start singing their own song. And it's, it's a bit cluttered, but it kind of adds a little bit of dynamic to the room, but there's no reason you couldn't do that even while the worship song is going on. Maybe you turn the worship song just down a little bit, but now you're in the time where you've got the, uh, the, um, the instrumental music that's playing and you've got the uh, prayer leader and the prayer leader, uh, just prayed for some prayer and you've built into your little model in your small environment that after the prayer leader has prayed, that you've got a couple of singers that they know who they are, that are going to start to antiphonalize back and forth. Great. That's awesome. You're doing it without a worship leader. That's even, that's great. That's so, uh, uh, that's ingenuity right there. And so, uh, um, so go with it and run with that innovative, uh, you know, thinking and have those two singers start singing back and forth in the living room or in your, in your back room of the church or whatever, along the theme and the subject matter that the prayer leader just prayed while the music in the background is, uh, is, you know, uh, at a volume that makes sense or whatever. Um, And, uh, and then have one of them. You could totally have them develop a chorus. There's no reason you couldn't, uh, what, what we're talking about here is an environment where you've got some singers, but you still don't have any musicians. So if you've got singers, lean on your strengths. Uh, if you don't have any singers or musicians, lean on your strengths. If you've got some worship leaders, lean on your strengths. So I would say, uh, absolutely. You could still do choruses and still do antiphonal singing and spontaneous singing, uh, even with no worship leader. So long as there was some clear instruction and a little bit of training, a little bit of, you know, everybody kind of knew what to expect and what to do. And there's no reason that you couldn't have a meeting and talk about what that could look like in your model uh, while you're still waiting for and praying in uh, worship leaders. So that's that's a great question. Yeah. Next one. Uh, any ideas on how to get people kind of loosened up with just spontaneous singing and typical singing, singing the Bible? Um, Just like how to get people to start kind of branching out into that free-flowing thing. Because most of the people in my group are just still used to just singing worship songs, and that's it. Yeah, so the question is, uh, um, you've got people that have grown up in the church their whole life, and they're used to uh, a specific expression of worship. And that is, go to the corporate worship meeting, everybody sings along with the worship leader, and that's it. And so that's what they're used to. Now they come into your environment and you do things like spontaneous singing and you do things like antiphonal singing and no one knows what the heck that is or how to do it. And even if they did know how, they don't feel comfortable with it because it's just so new to them. It's not that they could never do it. It's just that it's so new. Uh, Part of uh, the way to loosen people up on that is by exposure. The longer they're around it, the more that will now become the normal part of their experience. Uh, and so to get people on the first time that they come to start thinking that's normal, most of the time, what we've seen is people come the first time and they're like, Whoa, what was that? What? Wow. Cool. And they don't know what it is or how it works or whatever. Uh, but, uh, but it's, it's so new to them that they're caught off guard a little bit by it. The longer they're around, the more that becomes normal. And again, I'll say, uh, the training is essential, uh, you know, uh, for you got a bunch of people coming around that, you know, they can sing because you're hearing them sing the worship songs. I remember that back in the living room, man. We'd, I'd listen in on somebody and go, man, they got a voice. We need to figure out how to train that person to sing and like be a part of what's going on here instead of just being a person with a great voice. Uh, so maybe you got a few of those that are laying around that you got, you know, in your meetings, plan a meeting. Okay, guys, next Wednesday after the prayer meeting, let's sit around and let's talk about How we can do some of this antiphonal singing stuff and how we can do some of this, uh, uh, some of this spontaneous singing. Let's, let's figure out how to do this and talk about the importance of it and talk about why it's good. And again, training and teaching will help them overcome a significant amount. And then in addition to that, then, uh, start talking to them about how it can look and how you can start implementing those things in. And then again, start having the side conversations. Go up to the people that are a little timid to sing out and go, go, listen, you have a great voice. Just go for it just sing it out. Just, you know, when we do the spontaneous singing, just start with that. Just start singing out loud, sing, sing, whatever. Well, I don't know what to sing. Okay. Well then just sing this song. When we do spontaneous singing, just sing out this song word for word. Okay. I guess I can do that. And then you got, get them to start breaking the fear of singing out loud, uh, just one step at a time. So I would say, um, there's not any, uh, you know, magical process. It's just, uh, Work on them, just train them, uh, give them, equip them with tools, talk to them about it, and, uh, and help them to overcome uh, one piece at a time by, uh, by instruction, encouragement, and giving them tools to be able to actually
0: do it. So great question. Thank you again for tuning in to this session of the House of Prayer Leadership Podcast. We're so thankful to Brad Stroop in the prayer room in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, for providing this content for us to equip you. We would love for you to also check out the Presence Pioneers podcast, which exists to help you and your community host the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer. God bless.